0: What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF, when I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX
1: Radio. Hey, guys. What's up? This is Andy Forsella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio, but when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, the MFCEO.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting
0: shit done, and we can do it together. Welcome to the Big MX Radio podcast show brought to you by FMF and The Fast House. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, with us on the line. He is a repeat offender and he is the PR boss with the hot sauce down at Feld Entertainment. Sean Brennan, welcome back to the program.
1: Do I do I upgrade to co-host status? Is that what you said?
0: I think this is a a, a routine rolling <laughs> co-host, uh, and, and uh, having you on to talk Supercross is always a pleasure of mine, Sean. And uh, it's just a pleasure to have anyone over from uh, from FELD to to jump on my 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 program. Of course, I always appreciate the time you're able to give us. But uh, um, it's it's a it's it's great to have you on as a co-host of this show. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some. Uh, 2018 Supercross, which is in a rear-view mirror. Uh, Not-so-distant future is the Monster Cup. And, of course, now that the the Outdoor Nationals are over, everyone's rubbing their hands together looking forward to Anaheim 1. So uh, you're the guy to have on the phone right now.
1: Well man, I appreciate that and uh yeah, I really do appreciate you having me on and the opportunity. It's always a pleasure talking to you and uh you bring a lot of insight to the game and uh you know, you reach a whole audience up there, you know, to our north at uh I know there's a, a ton of Supercross fans up there in Canada, so we really appreciate you having a voice up there and uh any time that we can you know, express um, our views directly, uh, we welcome that opportunity. So, no, thank you for having me on.
0: Hey, absolutely. It's a uh, few things mutual, my friend, and I'm excited about this. Of course, uh, uh, Canadian fans do have a supercross rates of sorts to look forward to this weekend. Montreal supercross comes back. Of, of course, they're uh, disappointed that the Toronto supercross uh, for now is no more. Maybe we go back to there at some point, but. Uh, um, Let's, let's talk a little bit about the 2018 season, brand new champion, uh, Ryan Dungey steps down after his championship in 2017. Uh, it was all up for grabs and, uh, and Jason Anderson was able to take the, the, alt, the, the, the 450 crown and, and you were there every step of the way, every single weekend. I'd see you directing traffic on press day, uh, and, and just like pulling every string possible on, on race day to make sure everything goes off without a hitch. Um, like first of all, give you the thoughts on the whole season in general, and then also kind of a little bit about uh, what goes into your role on uh, on a race weekend, which is kind of like a uh, a seven day a week deal.
1: It really is, and you know, I think I think anybody that you talk to, you know, nowadays in any kind of pro sport capacity, it really is twenty four seven. No matter you know if it's the NFL uh, pro football, pro baseball, uh, whatever the case may be, <clears throat> you know, the Canadian football league up in your area, uh, even the, you know, the Canadian series that you guys, uh, have for the outdoors, everything is 24 seven. Now there really is not any type of off season. Um, <clears throat> so it, it is busy all the time. It is seven days a week. Um, but for me, speaking for me, uh and for most of my colleagues here at Feld, we absolutely love the sport. Uh so it, it it runs deep. There's a passion for this. Uh you know, we're as passion passionate for our sport as our as our fans are. Um but yeah, twenty eighteen, my goodness. Uh, you know, going into uh twenty eighteen, there's a lot of question marks, you know. Obviously anytime Uh, a champion like Ryan Dungey decides to retire, that's a huge void uh, that you need to fill. And, you know, there's a lot of speculation on Chad Reed going into the season. And, you know, anytime that we have, or I should say we have a void of, you know, two-time champions like Chad Reed, four-time champions like Ryan Dungey, defending champions, I mean, that's a big, big void uh, to fill. obviously there's still deep, deep talent. Uh, you know, the big story going into 18 was Ken Roxon and oh my goodness. Uh, he absolutely amazed everybody, um, as well as himself. I think that he would say that, you know, that he, you know, even shocked himself with, uh, you know, going from, from where he was, uh, the year prior. Um, so the way the things turned out and it unfolded um I think everybody you know certainly had their pick at the beginning of the season uh you know Eli, my goodness uh you know he just had a huge you know dominant summer uh and again had you know a very dominant uh supercross season as well uh I think in seventeen he had nine wins and then eight last season. Yes, where's our stat guy? or that's reverse, maybe eight, then nine. But anyway, yeah, huge, huge, um, you know, man, he is just so fast and so dominant. Uh, but Marvin, obviously, uh, super fast as well. Uh, Jason, you know, every we knew that he had it, uh, but obviously with his riding style, there's a lot of question marks going into the season, you know, would he learn from uh being a little more patient, a little more cautious, um you know like adopting the Ryan Dungey style or would it be full bore aggression, you know yeah. and I, I think we ended up seeing the latter, you know and uh it, you know you have to learn how to be a champion and I think we all saw that as the season unfolded with Jason um but my goodness the storylines uh there were plenty uh you know everything that Ken Roxon did uh to recover and get back on the bike you know was shortly taken shortly taken from us <laughs> again um and then you know he was able to rebound uh seeing uh and getting a glimpse of Justin Hill on a 450 I mean holy cow he came so close to winning in Tampa and you know was was dissecting that uh, track and doing the quads, you know, the, that everybody else was looking at him like, wow, why are you doing that? Now you're now you're, you're pushing the envelope, and we have to do that yeah. now. Um, so, you know, there were so many different things throughout the, the, the season that, uh, you know, this is why we keep tuning in, you know, and this is why, uh, he, you know, we keep trying to outdo ourselves and the athletes. You know, the bikes get better, the talent gets deeper, um, and it, it, it's why we all continue to tune in. So, 2018 was fantastic. Uh, again, and we, you know, we can another big congratulations for all of our champions: um, Jason Anderson, Aaron Plessinger, and Zach Osborne. And you know, two of those, um, Zach and Aaron, both jumping up to the 450 class. Uh, our 2019 season, especially in the rookie class is, you know, one of the strongest that we've seen in years. So that combined with, uh, with our, you know, typical st- superstars in, Arlen, uh, in Eli and Marvin uh, and Kenny, uh, it's going to be a neat, neat 19th season. And, you know, Monster Energy Cup being right around the bend, we should get a good glimpse of uh, a lot of this. For sure, October thirteenth. If you don't have your tickets
0: already, supercrosslive.com, dot Uh, right there on the homepage, it's right under your nose, uh, where you can get uh, get set up to enjoy uh, some Supercross action. Uh, and and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the, the the Monster Cup in a second. But um, yeah, like in my in my opinion, this last uh, season was all about controlled aggression. Um, Jason Anderson, possibly one of the most aggressive. Racers uh, that we've seen in a number of years, kind of a bit of a throwback to say your Damon Bradshaw's of of yesteryear, uh, but he was able to harness that, and uh, when he never relinquished the points lead after uh, after Houston, other guys got close, but they never wrestled it away from him and he ended up with the championship and uh, Eli Tomac a- another really uh, aggressive guy uh, and you lose your championships on your on your worst races and that's exactly what happened in 2018 but you know he'll be coming back to champ at the bit uh, both in the full season 2019 which of course starts in January um, but uh, yeah in October the 13th I fully expect uh, that monster sponsored athlete to be on the gate uh, we won't have uh, like uh, Mar 'll have the one plate he'll have the the three on the front of his machine, and uh, they'll all be uh, going after it i I'm, I'm excited for the monster cup like uh that to me this is a very special event all year long
1: well, it really is it, it is our all star event you know every major sport has uh, an all star event and this is ours uh, and in the last couple of years we and i you know i think the teams You know, really uh, look at it as, you know, being the first race of the season in a lot of respects. And, you know, we have, you know, at least from my standpoint, started to adopt the same kind of philosophy in that that really is the setup to the season. So from a PR standpoint, you know, we will be hosting a lot of mainstream press, introducing a lot of outlets to the sport for the very first time, getting them on bikes. Uh, Ricky Carmichael is gracious enough to, uh, to come out and, you know, obviously the greatest of all time. If you can have an hour with him on a supercross track and learn how to ride, uh, boy, that is a special experience. So we'll be doing that again at the Monster Energy Cup and, Really, it is our all-star event. It allows us to do things that, you know, we uh, typically don't do during the season. Uh can get really creative with the track. It uh, can get really creative with formats and joker lanes and things like that. Uh, there really are no rules, which is exciting. You know, you can ride a 250, a 350, a 450, whatever. Two-stroke if you want. You can ride a two-stroke if you want. <laughs> You'll win. You the way things are going, yeah, we might have to do a you know a do a, a two fifty only or a two-stroke uh, two-stroke uh, by itself. Who yeah, knows? Maybe. A,
0: well, but you guys have that. You guys all. Well, I guess it's not strictly two-strokes, but uh, the the super minis, and I think that that's something that flies yep. under the radar way too low for a lot yep. of people. Uh, and I know some people don't like it because of the the level of danger for these young athletes, but. There's not, like, first of all, a high-strung Super Mini is probably the coolest looking bikes out there. They're just, they're, they're little, they're packed full of power, and these kids just, just absolutely send it on these things. And uh, I think that's an underrated little uh, add-on to the race is seeing those Super Mini kids do what they do because uh, it really puts in perspective where the, the, the sport is coming from and uh, just how skilled these kids are at such a young age
1: they really are and you're absolutely right and it's it's so fun to watch the crowd gets into those races as much as they do uh for the premier class so it is such a special uh preview with all of these guys you know if you're not able to get out to you know some of the national uh you know amateur some of the bigger events uh where these these kids are spotlighting and or you know, racing and practicing on a regular basis, it is a real treat to have them uh, at the monster energy cup each year. And you're absolutely right. You know, it's fun. It's fun to watch these, these races with some of our cup class athletes and even some of our legends. And, you know, it's, to get their take and have somebody like you know Jeff Emig or Ricky Carmichael be surprised at what some of these young kids are doing at the age that they are uh, really demonstrates you know the talent level that some of these kids have. Um, but yeah, to your point, uh, we will be uh, again hosting. Uh, there will be twenty two, twenty two bikes lined up in the super mini uh, class, as well as twenty another twenty two in the amateur all star class. So. We're super excited about this year's uh, uh, crop of young talent and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun combined with uh, our invite-only uh, premier class uh, athletes as well. For sure,
0: and uh, it's everyone's always excited about it. Um, from your standpoint, what changes, what's added on, what's taken away? Uh, how do you approach Monster Cup differently than you approach uh, any other Supercross or a race like Anaheim One?
1: You know, I think that every department uh, really chimes in a little bit more and has a lot more on their plate with, you know, the pit experience, the paddock experience, the fan fest, you know, uh, that we're going to end up having. We've got some really exciting things. Uh, we're working with Monster right now. And e- even from from their standpoint, you know, Monster Energy really likes to uh, surprise and delight, if you will. So there really is, uh, from every department, uh, everybody's looking to go big and bigger and outdo ourselves. Uh, you know, we've done a lot of really, really cool things over the years, uh, at the Monster Energy Cup with the track alone. Uh, so every year it's, boy, what can we do? And Ricky is just so fantastic with this, uh, you know, and, and just continuing to push the envelope, you know, do we go up into the stands? Do we go twice? Do we, you know, start from uh, the top of the grandstand, you know, this year uh, you've seen the track. I mean, we're going out into the parking lot. We're going into the paddock, Um, you know, from the one turn in the, the back, uh, the back part of monster alley going all the way back into the stadium. I mean, it's a thousand, it's 1100 feet, uh, it is going to be amazing seeing these bikes scream through there um so yeah it's you know from my standpoint you know this is a great uh marquee event to bring in and introduce uh national press you know to the sport that uh may not have uh been able to make it out to a race um from monster side they're trying to you know bring additional talent whether that's music or um you know, a different type of racing, you know, with drag drag cars and, you know, BMX, freestyle motocross, whatever the case may be. We're going to have a heck of a pit party, uh, which will be releasing all of those details in just a couple of weeks. Uh, but we have a lot of really neat things uh, coming online for the Monster Energy Cup that we still haven't even announced yet uh, for fans. So definitely keep an eye out for some of those things, but we still have A few items that we'll be able to surprise and delight uh, the fans with. No doubt, like I'll have to
0: look at where the bye week lines up, but maybe uh, Rob Gronkowski makes another appearance. I know that was a <laughs> highlight of your 2018 to see that big lug uh, straddle over a pretty small dirt bike. I, I might add, but uh, um, maybe uh, maybe that's that, that's Gronk's big coming out party. You guys haven't uh, touched on that too much since you, you saw him in New York, or I guess that was Boston. But uh, like, any chance we see uh, the big unit come back
1: out? There, there, that is always a possibility. You're absolutely right. So yeah, I'll leave that up to you to go look at New England's uh, schedule. But yeah, my goodness, what a treat that was to have, uh, to have the Gronk come out. And, uh, you know, it was interesting. Um, You know, that, that press conference was just amazing. That was the first time that he was in the building uh, since the Patriots were uh, in the, you know, in the Super Bowl. So. Fortunately for us uh you know it was part of our day and part of our event and uh that was a real special treat with uh with the gronk and anywhere he goes, boy, the cameras sure do follow, so you never know we've uh he 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 has been riding from what i understand okay. uh he kept his gear, so I know that that is still fresh uh I actually saw some pictures of him. Uh, at least wearing a helmet. Uh, this summer he was out mountain biking and wearing his fly gear, which is pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, we That's... could see him here in a couple weeks again.
0: Who knows? That would be cool. Uh, anytime where you have a, a... Uh, absolute uh, phenomenal athlete like that. A, a, a name that so many people knows uh, associated with Supercross. I just think of so how many eyeballs that gets brought to it. And sometimes that's all that takes is is uh, the ability to, whether it be uh, seeing Rob Gronkowski standing next to Eli Tomac and people start to wonder, well, who's that shorter guy standing next to him? And then they fall in love with motocross. Or they they happen to be flipping through uh, an online issue of the Players' Tribune and they see an ad, uh, they see a, a little Article on, on Supercross, and that's how they get hooked. Um, anytime that you guys are able to uh, get Supercross into a uh, just an absolutely like massive audience is an opportunity to people, for people to fall in love with the sport. And I think that kind of falls on you a little bit for being able to kind of pull those people together and and get those eyeballs in the sport.
1: No, you're absolutely right, and that that is our number one objective. You know, from the chair that I'm sitting in is. You know, new eyeballs, new outlets, new new fans. And, you know, there, there's in a day that, you know, if you get somebody to the event, they become fans for life. So how do you get them, you know, to the event? And things like that right there, um, you know, with the Gronk just put such a major spotlight on our sport uh, that we're on every major network. Anybody that covered sports that day, From the ESPNs to the Foxes to NBC, CBS, ESPN, you name it, they were covering that. So, from a media standpoint, you know, they say that Gronk is gold, and that was a gold day for us for sure. That over 1 billion impressions that one day uh, from a media standpoint. Think about that 1 billion impressions from a media standpoint, uh, is just unbelievable. So, you know, timing is everything. And, um, you know, that probably wouldn't have had the same impact, you know, if it was just a regular week. Um, but everything really just aligned really well that week with us being back in uh, at Gillette Stadium and Foxborough for the first time in two years. You know, obviously it being the off season for uh, the Patriots, uh, Gronk being hungry to do something. Uh, there being contract talks and, you know, it's just, uh, we could not have, you know, planned that any better, but yeah, you're absolutely right. That is a big part of this position. And it's, it's not about outdoing ourselves, but it's really, you know, keeping, uh, the sport in, you know, different, you know, eyeballs and different avenues and in getting, you know sp- certainly mainstream and culture and you know it's really interesting you've seen a lot of media and uh there was just a r- just a major rapper that I was just watching and he came out and his whole set he's wearing O'Neal gear um so from a you know a trend setting standpoint to artists whether rap or pop uh you know wearing uh wearing our colors and wearing our gear to You know, guys like Gronk jumping on a bike, and he really does. He grew up riding. Um, Anything that we can do to attract attention to ourselves and get brand-new eyeballs in this sport is exactly what, you know, what my day, that's what keeps me up at night. For sure,
0: and that's probably puts a smile on your face once you're uh, shutting everything down after a long, hard weekend at the races, which uh, like you sign up for 17 of them uh, every single year, 18 if you include the Monster Cup, and of course you do because that's uh, that's a part of your schedule. Um, Like as far as like, because the funny thing about the Monster Cup is is that as much as it's an all-star race, you guys basically have to be as on point as you are for any other Supercross race. For one single weekend in October, uh, is there any kind of challenges with that and then kind of inherently with just having to kind of just all of a sudden you guys haven't had a race in a little while and all of a sudden you have to be on point with the, at the drop of uh, switch?
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's funny you mention that because, you know, you do kind of get get a little rusty, right? Uh, you know, January, you, you hit the ground running. And, you know, usually three, four weeks in, you know, you're kind of in your travel mode and you have your, you know, your travel down, your organizational things down, you've got your, you know, your routine down. Um, But then, you know, May hits and you hit the final and you have a little chance to breathe and, you know, you recap the season, uh, you start going through the process of, you know, making notes and going through, you know, okay, what do we want to change? What can we do better? What can we improve upon? And you have some time with that. Then you take a vacation uh, and really kind of get out of the zone for a little bit. And then, you know, you typically come back from vacation and you're knee deep in 2019 stuff already or the following season, and then right over your shoulder, it's like, oh, my goodness, wait, we have an event <laughs> in October. It's the Monster yeah. Energy Cup. So now you end up splitting up the week, you know, with meetings. Uh, so you have your 2019 Supercross season meetings, and then you have your Monster Energy Cup meetings, and, you know, you're working in tandem and in parallel uh, to, to work on them both because you have to. Um, but there's a lot of things we end up testing at the Monster Energy Cup uh, that we, you know, some things are great, you know, on paper and in boardrooms and things like that. And uh, we usually look to the Monster Energy Cup to execute them and 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 really, you know, see and find you know the validity in in certain ideas. So there are definitely things that we do a lot at the Monster Energy Cup that uh, we look to to see if it, you know, will work, and if it does and it improves the fan experience or the athlete experience or the racing, then we certainly incorporate that into all 17 races for the, uh, the following season as well. But you're right, it's easy to get out of step, especially when, you know, you're not traveling each week, so you do get a little bit rusty for sure. Absolutely, and, and I think
0: uh, same goes for the race teams, to be honest. It's actually almost a mirror image. Those guys haven't been uh, in a stadium for some time. They haven't set up a bike for Supercross. I know a lot of times they do bring uh, some, some settings that are basically right off of the 2018 machine, as long as they're not dealing with a whole new motorcycle. But uh, like just like you guys are trying some stuff out, like split starts that we've seen in the past, and uh, and like the Joker lane, and the three-moto format. and This last year, we, we saw the, the Triple Crown uh, races come out, which I think... As far as racing goes, was a huge hit, Uh, but also like uh, by that same token, the racers come to the race team, like the teams come to the race with a lot of data acquisition, and they can try some stuff, and they can like basically use it as their dry run. So uh, it's actually a really cool opportunity for the sport to kind of change gears a little bit, come off those outdoor tracks, and uh, and get refocused to go indoors, which uh, is uh, no other place than you see 60,000 people, 70,000 people all peering down on a beautiful landscape that you guys create in uh, just under a week, just about every time uh, with Randy Meninga and the rest of the Dirtworks crew.
1: Yes, absolutely. And those tracks are works of art. They really are. Um, you know, Dirtworks, uh, my goodness, yeah, they're master craftsmen uh, at what they do, but you're absolutely right. It uh you know and and most of the teams uh right after the Monster Energy Cup, they're going straight into boot camp and you know that really becomes their their training uh training period if you will going right into to January. So right after the Monster Energy Cup, it really is it is full bore um testing for all the teams, getting into Supercross season shape uh for all the athletes and then You know, for us, you know, really pinning down all of those executional and logistics, um, you know, components uh, to each and every race. Absolutely, and uh, and speaking of every single race,
0: uh, people have been absolutely. Uh, I don't know maybe jonesing is the right word. They're fiending for this 2019 schedule to uh, to hit the presses. <laughs> they want to they want to start booking flights, hotels, and uh, they want to see how many races that they can fit into a particular road trip or something like that. I know people from yep. overseas want that to happen of course uh we're not going to have you go through it all right now that would be uh too much um too much awesomeness for one podcast to be honest (laughs) and the schedule is not quite out yet but when can people look forward to it and uh um yeah
1: no you know from a promoter standpoint and from a sports standpoint, you know, you're always trying. When people are talking about you 24-7 and people are talking about you 12 months out of the year, that is the ultimate goal. So it's not that we wanted to, you know, put people off, and we certainly understand fans need to to make uh, travel arrangements. You know, obviously teams need to, uh, there 's a lot that goes into moving you know forty one semis down <laughs> down the highway uh to make this uh happen each each and every week uh but at the same time you know we want to build anticipation uh to us you know that schedule i mean that 's a marquee moment you know in our calendar, and in years past, we used to just you know very lazily at the end of the you know, preceding season we would just okay, and here's uh, here's next year's right. Yeah. Um, but we we you know for whatever reason just didn't build anticipation. So I think you know that was a huge missed opportunity. Um, so from our standpoint, you know I I loved it. You know the people were talking about us it. all summer long. I know it was frustrating for some folks, uh, and it was never uh, designed to to frustrate anyone uh but another point you know these are all stadiums and you know stadiums get booked you know five six years out you're always competing with another pro sports team uh you're always competing against you know the metallicas of the world that are going back on tour or guns and roses or taylor swift so you know putting a stadium event on as well as with some of the things that we are planning to do with the Supercross Futures program, um, there are a lot of logistics behind the scenes that are going on that you can't. That you need more time, and sometimes some things may pop up that you you weren't anticipating uh, with a with a city or a sports commission that you have to work through uh, before you can really you know set in stone. This is it. This is the schedule, 100%. We are ready to go to print. So there, there is a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff um, that, you know, from a logistical standpoint, uh, you know, the popularity of Supercross is fantastic. We are working with more city governments and more city uh, sports commissions than we ever have, which is fantastic. It, te- it is a testament, you know, to the growth of this sport that outside cities – you know, want us to come and are prepared to do bidding uh, for Supercross to come to their cities. So there is a lot more that goes into it when you're dealing with, with Supercross in this scale. But at the same time, you know, we certainly want to build anticipation and excitement for the upcoming season, but we also want people to be able to act on that in excitement and go buy tickets. So, you know, releasing um, the schedule early in May and June and not having tickets on sale until October is a big, big disconnect. So we'll have a pre-sale October 9th and Tickets will be on sale to the general public on October 23rd. Uh, And back to your original, original question, (laughs) next week, next Tuesday, September 18th, (laughs) the beauty will be revealed. The 2019 Supercross schedule uh, will be available. Uh, It will be in all of your endemic press. You will be announcing it through your social channels, and uh, we will be Going far and wide with getting the message out uh, that these are the cities that we will be in, there's definitely going to be some uh, some surprises in there uh, for some folks, uh, some good surprises I think uh, there are some new new uh, locations on the horizon, some places that we're excited to go back to. so I think it's going to have a little bit uh, a little bit for everybody. Uh, It's September 18th. Next Tuesday, 1 o'clock will be uh, when the schedule will be revealed. And then for consumers, uh, if they're not already part of our uh, preferred customer program, uh, I encourage everybody to be a part of that. So uh, October 9th, um, all of our track maps, will release all of the track maps uh, for the season so people can see where all the triples and... All the good locations on the track are oh, going yeah. to be so they seats. can buy yeah, so they can, you know, buy the right tickets. Uh, so we'll have a pre sale starting on the ninth and then a general uh national on sale starting on the twenty
0: third. Boom, Mark, your calendars, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait uh, for the, the the release of the schedule. I'm excited to see uh, what new events and what's new cities that we're going to. Just mentioning that there's going to be some new events, and I'm going to walk into some new stadiums I've probably never been to before. Always exciting, yep. and uh, and also that the the amateur races uh, that come along with those. I think there's like, there's some fresh faces that we haven't seen at some of these events, and, and that's uh, even more of a bonus. So. Uh, um, Sean, this has been an awesome time. I really enjoy having you on.
1: Brad, thank you so much. And and just one parting shot. You yes. know, uh, you know, we had the Supercross Futures program in four, you know, in four markets last year. And uh, for anybody that was able to uh, to stick around and uh, either participate as a weekend warrior. And/or see some of the fantastic, you know, young talent that uh, that came out to those. Uh, be on the lookout for, the, for, for that. We have some exciting news that we will be releasing uh, regarding the Supercross Futures program for next year. Again, next week. So. You know, those kinds of things uh, that, you know, when the the schedule is revealed, uh, you'll see that there was a lot more uh, behind the scenes logistics that really did need to get worked out before we could go public. But we are super excited. 2019 is right around the bend. The Monster Energy Cup is coming uh, and I appreciate you having me on. So thank you. Thank you, my friend. Uh, We're only
0: 30 days away From uh, that Supercross race, excited about it, Monster Energy Cup. For those who don't already have tickets, supercrosslive.com, right there on the homepage, dead center. Go get yourself some tickets, book your hotel, and then patiently wait for next Tuesday, 1 o'clock, when the release of the Supercross schedule comes out. Sean Brennan, once again, here on the Big MX Radio Podcast Show, brought to you by FMF. I appreciate the time, my friend. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you.